everyone. We are back with the next episode of the Raiders Rambles. I am Jolt, your chief host of the show, and joining me is none other than my wonderful co-host, Avira. Hello! Hey guys, I hope you're having a fantastical day, wherever you might be on this beautiful planet called Earth. And uh, another really awesome thing, guys, today is our 200th episode of the Raiders Rambles. How bonkers is that, man? That's so cool. Woo-woo. I'm so glad you guys are here for it. That's, this is awesome. I can't wait. Yo, we made it, Raiders. 200 <laughs> episodes. Let's go. Oh, yeah. And here's me forgetting my party poppers. Pop, pop. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, probably should have gotten the confetti, but you know what? Well, party noises aside, well, let's introduce <laughs> the rest of the panel. As always, our interim host, Noble. Good morning, and it's bloody pissing outside. <sighs> mood, mood, mood. I'm not raining today, but it was it's overcast right now. But I guess it was re- after yesterday, it was like a reflection of the mood. We're in the mood overall. Well, Jolt, I just have to say thank you for sending the rain my way. <laughs> hey, it's my pleasure. I have the power after all. So, you know, you can always thank me. And joining us today, we have Jay Silverwolf. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi. How you all doing? Hopefully you're all doing good. Good night or good day, wherever you may be. Um, praise God, as always. Um, thank you, Radio Team, for having me be here. 200 episode. Let's go. Really exciting stuff. And uh, um, also, Joel, if you want, you can also send some rain over here, too. We can definitely use it, too. So, yeah. All right. Here you go. Here's some rain for you. Hopefully, Yay. now that was Arizona of its drought. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so, let's start first. The 200 episodes. Well, you know, as chief host, all I did, like, I never ever imagined I would ever make it this far. You know, like, as chief host, like, first I thought I was, you know, when I first started this, I just thought, okay, here's a, here's, a, here's an idea. I join in, like, pitch my voice in, and eventually what turned into carrying the torch has become this. First, we made it to 100 episodes way back in June of 2020. Right, Evira? Oh yes, that was that was an incredible feat by itself. A hundred episodes, and now we doubled it. <laughs> wow. Again. You're right. We made it to the big two hundred, and we just and we were there every step of the way. You know, we watched the world change. We watched the furry scene change, and just yeah, we really did. Especially like since 2020, because remember our 100th episode, mind you was peak COVID times, you know, when everything was locked down. But, hey, we were here every week to provide some commentary, some some laughs, some interesting stuff along the way, and hope you guys, you know, enjoyed it. And, hey, here we are now at 200. I mean, my goodness, it's been two years since then. Yeah. A lot has changed since then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do want to add, first and foremost, it's always been that... The, the Raiders Rambles was started out, I guess, like from my compatriot Neo, who's no longer with us at the moment. Um, mm. Was that to give the furry Raiders a voice in the world? 
like as after all, like everybody kind of knows, nobody really listens to the Raiders, right? Nope. Oh yeah, you're stuck with us now. <laughs> no man, like in that time, you know, we've had a lot of you know different people on our show, on our panels. You know, we've reached out to a lot of furries, and I think we've you know touched a lot of lives in a positive way. It's been really fun. I know, and I'm always eternally thankful for, you know, for everybody, Raider or not, who has lent us their voice and just shared their unique, unique perspective in this world, truly. And again, it's to said, you know, if the podcast indeed is the voice of the Furry Raiders, I'd also like to add as well that in some ways, our podcast is the story of the Furry Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, like, as much as I like to think that I am basically a one-man symbol of inspiration and adventure, like, you know how you know how everybody always say, seems to think that I'm craziest mofo with a fursuit? Oh, yeah. You, you go on all <laughs> kinds of crazy adventures in all, like, the woods and the waterfalls and the cliffs and my all everything. It's incredible. But yeah, you're right. This really has been like the story of the Raiders for for at least the last four years since we've been doing this. You know, we've always been blogging like what conventions we go to, what our members are up to, furry news, all of that. It's been a really cool adventure. Indeed, and you know, and as always, we um we chronicle everything not just from conventions, but as well as that, but our gatherings. You know, taking that trip out to Lake Lake Powell, Utah, and Las Vegas. Oh yeah, and our triumphs, free for all twenty two, baby. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! Heck yeah! I mean, we had Denver last year. That was awesome, and now free for all twenty twenty two. Oh my goodness, that was incredible! It was so cool, actually, like meeting you guys in person. Wow, incredible. And we documented yes. that, and of course, and we're waiting for 2023 next year, too. Heck That's yeah, going to be awesome. Heck yeah. All right, Raiders, you know what we also got to do now? Cheers to another 100 episodes. Now let's all get drunk and play ping pong. Here, here. 100 more. <laughs> it's, it's like that, that scene from Rick and Morty. 100, 100 years, Rick and Morty episode. 100, 100 days, 100 rickandmorty.com. 100 Furry Raiders episode. 100 times, 100. Times 100. You're going to listen to us and play back 100 more times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right on. Here, I'll provide us the booze. <laughs> let's celebrate. And, of course, our live comments. Inu Okami, greetings from a very long time ago, friends. Oh, Inu. Hey, how you doing, buddy? With us on the ride. It's just been it's been an honor having you, mate. You know, to our hosts, you know, past and present and future, you know, thank you for being along with us on the ride. And as always, I feel very, very honored to carry the torch with you for the for the next years and episodes ahead. Oh yeah, and you know, I I gotta say, now I'm not saying this in like a braggadocious manner or anything, but if you think about it, we're probably one of the longest running furry related podcasts that's been continuously going for like over half a decade at this point. Like it's pretty crazy. Oh wow. I think yeah. there's one other. Like uh there's a few others. I, I don't think we're number one, but we're definitely one of the top for sure. 
thing is, like, you know, there's some shows from the past, like, they had Furcast, they had, you know, lots of other, had a couple of other shows, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Furcast went the way of the Dodo, and, you know, but the important thing is, we have the, we have the stamina, the resilience to keep going in week in, week out, mostly, and just continue trucking along our experience on this ride, on this world. Oh yeah, it's been so fun. So glad and appreciative of all your support, guys. It's been super awesome. And now, I, I guess I can say that um, the new goal now is to hit 300. Heck yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Next year, probably. Mm, I don't know. Well, Looking maybe. at the time frame of 2024? Maybe two years, I don't know. We'll see how <laughs> Oh, I don't know, man. But I do want to be uh, the bearer of good luck and good news. So, you know what? Yeah. And of course, the Inu says, in recent times, you guys have been the most consistent. Aside from weird holidays, you guys are always here every week. Congrats. Aw. Aw. Hey, glad to be here, man. Uh, of course, yeah, when it comes to special holidays and stuff, like on Christmas, you know, we have to be with our families. But yeah, we're always here. Every week to provide some commentary, some some social bonkers silliness, and you now just promote furry. That's really all it is, man. It's been know. so maybe, fun. Maybe we should make it a point to celebrate more weird of public holidays from across the world. You know, like maybe we should not neglect Independence Day's um, crown cousin, Canada Day, or something like that. <laughs> Canada Day. Oh yeah, what if we had that? <laughs> Joe, we need a Canadian furry to be on the on Oh, the we've show had a few. Day. We've had a few in our time. We still do. We still do. But <laughs> but yes, always a pleasure to be on this ride with you. So now, um, let's continue on with um, we've just been what's happening out in the wider world. Mm-hmm. So, first off, um, as you probably already know, a very, very high-profile figure has recently, you know, passed away. Queen Queen Elizabeth II. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Noble and I, as Commonwealthers, we kind we understand that this, you know, just the the sheer significance of this, you know, for Britain and the and her other colonies too, New Zealand, Canada. You know, among many others, to Fiji. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the Caribbean islands, places like that, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting because um, Queen Elizabeth, I believe, she reigned for what seventy two years, seventy five years. Yeah, she just had, and this year she also just about to celebrate the Platinum Jubilee. Platinum Jubilee, yeah, that's 75 years of reign, that's incredible. She was 96 years old when she died, so she's been queen my entire life. And now that we're going through this transition, there's a a new king. So this is going to affect quite a lot of people. Maybe not so much of us American furs, but um, yeah, yeah, it's it's still a big change. A little guide, so you can understand, like for you non-commonwealthers and Americans, I'll pop up a little guide. An American Guide on the Death of Queen Elizabeth II. There is one thing I'm going to be sad that's not going to happen anymore, but any of those rich tycoons or uh, princes and that from the Middle East who are quite sexist, the Queen's no longer going to be able to take him for a joyride around a palace. 
She used to freak the fuck out of those guys. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was more concerned about like a like a practical sense because I'm thinking all of the Canadian coins that I see in my change door now they're gonna change to the new king, right? That's what they're gonna have to be. And you know the Australian five dollar note has the likeness of the queen. Right, right. And again, oh, wow. like it's in a lot of our typography too on our coins as well. There's a face of the likeness of the queen on one side of it. You know, I'm looking at an Australian one dollar coin on one on the head side. You know, it says Elizabeth II. Well, it's interesting throughout the years, though, if you guys have probably noticed, like, from, if especially, like, the pennies or, like, the nickels, like, in Canada, like, the, the image of the queen changes over the decades. Like, she looks like she had a crown at one point. She looks really young. And then they had her, like, an older... Um, then I think at one point she didn't have a crown, and then she did again. So every few decades, like, they change the visage on the coin to kind of reflect her life. And it's been God, almost like a hundred years, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's quite surreal, too. Like, like I was, as I was saying, you know, us three, us four, we were born under the rule of Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah, yeah. A, lo a yeah. lot were. Yeah. And it's, it's, it just feels so surreal just what it is. I've actually been preparing for this for the last couple of years. Mm. Oh. In what way? Like, you kind of just anticipated it happening? Because, I mean, she's in her 90s. Of course, it was going to happen during our lifetimes, but wow. I was hoping she would last until 100, but obviously not. Mm. I mean, she still looked like a, you know, a well-to-do elderly woman. You know? Oh yeah, she's the queen. You know, she has literally like the entire nation at her disposal. Yeah, of yeah, course. You know, physically, she, you, you know, she was still up and kicking, and all that. Yeah. Like she's yeah, and she made so. And the real thing is, she made a lot of appearances around, you know, TV shows, movies, and all that. Oh, definitely, uh, she was beloved like by the world. You know, she really does have a lot of admirers, not only just inside the Commonwealth, just. In general, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of positive stuff about her. Yeah, like you know, from her beginnings as a, um, you know, as a in the armed forces as a, you know, just driver and a mechanic. Yeah, I think she was a nurse, wasn't she? Like she was a yeah. nurse in World War Two. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Wow, that's crazy. And you know, to get to where we are right now, it's. Yeah, it's something. And now, I guess what we have, what we have in its place is um, it's going to, King Charles the Third will take up the throne. Oh, long live the king! Indeed, God save the king. Amen. As the new, yeah, as the new anthem shall go. So, but yes, as I was saying, an American's guide to the death of you know Queen Elizabeth II. On the corner of Broadway and Wall Street, New York City, the historic Trinity Church stands watch over the busy pedestrians walking by. Is It's a time vault with many secrets and witnesses to many famous people like George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, Neil Armstrong. At the very entrance of Trinity Church is a plaque venerating a visit by Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Oh, wow. 
granted, I was in New York. I was around, you know, I went around to Wall Street, you know, saw the bull, but just wasn't able to find Trinity Church, nor was I able to find Broadway. You know, yeah, it's, it's a little hectic sometimes to, to maneuver, but yeah. Yeah, it was, it was so close, you know, I was around there and it was like, it was so close in and around. I just never got to see it in my lifetime. You know, that church and the orders that, you know, the plaque of Queen Elizabeth II. So, but yeah, like, like you said, you know, she's just so beloved by the world and, and all that. And granted, nobody's perfect because, you know, but. Well, actually, I actually really like this quote here. It says, think of Queen Elizabeth as a, as a blend of your favorite grandmother, Eleanor Roosevelt, Barbara Bush, and Jackie Kennedy impeccably cleansed uh, of all political bias, Democrats and Republicans adore her. Yeah, that's cool. Left or right, hey, she's the queen, man. She's cool. (laughs) She was never really into, you know... Yeah, she was never divisive. She was just there, you know? Never political, but she always offered, you know, her spirit and her support and her striving, Mm -hmm. you know? I offer my condolences to the royal family. They they lost a family member today. It's devastating whenever someone loses their lives. You know that's how it is. Indeed. Uh, Makes me rest in peace. Indeed, indeed. Farewell, Queen Elizabeth II. And you know, like all, I suppose again, all down here in the Commonwealth, I do would like to add that we are. We have a you know a period of mourning. Noble, um, I believe it's ten days down here in Australia. Is it? I believe so. Yes. Mm. Yeah, and I think they call that Operation what, London Bridge. Yeah, they're going that... to, you know, they've turned that down. So you know. Yeah, that was what would happen. Yeah, when this happens, so there's a ten day period of mourning. I think there's all kinds of like parades. In four days, I believe they're going to bury her. I'm not sure if there's going to be a ceremony. Probably somewhere in Buckingham Palace. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, and all the nations of the Commonwealth, too, are, are just that, you know? Now, granted, I know it may be, it may be a bit somewhat selfish of this, of us here in Australia... Granted that, you know, we may or may not get a public holiday after the Queen's death. I wouldn't say it's selfish. It's more like honoring, you know, her life. Yeah, and, you know, would would this maybe to land on, you know, on a working day, then chances are we'll get up, we'll end up having a public holiday to acknowledge that, you know? Because on the, on the 2nd of the second Monday of June every year, we we here celebrate the Queen's birthday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe this, you know, something might change. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Like, you know, I don't know what's going to go through. Ahead I, I think a holiday celebrating her birthday is probably more preferable to one that happens on her the day she died. You know, like her birthday, like like celebrating her life. I think that's probably more appropriate. Yes, indeed. But I'm not in the Commonwealth, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but Americans love her all the same. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, okay. 
So, but yeah. Anyway, aside from that, though, from all of the um, big news, um, let's dive into, you know, I guess the meat and bones of what we've got for the show. You ready? Oh, yeah. Right. So, again, in these times, a new new slew of fur cons are, are announced. They're happening, and yeah. Well, now that 2020, the whole pandemic panic is somewhat over, yeah, a lot of cons are starting to come back up again. We saw this earlier this year. However, some conventions are still stuck in the dark pandemic ages, and they're still all about that draconian control, as we've seen with MFF from earlier. Yeah, Um, the whole circle and spiral fear. Like, you know, imagine like you were MFF and you basically wrote a whole handy covid chart just to help you across you know which vaccines are approved and which aren't which is precisely what they did they said you must have this booster at this month and it was crazy like i don't want to go to a furry convention where i have to divulge my medical stuff but it gets even crazier because now cons are still doing this in fact it gets even nuts when you have for apocalypse 2022 this is a halloween convention that takes place in um, connecticut this um, October. So getting into the meat of the article here, it says, uh, for Apocalypse has instituted a COVID-19 policy in response to the ongoing pandemic. The requirements below have been adopted based on their, uh, based on the stricter of the two, uh, local or state requirements and guidelines published by Center for Disease Control. Uh, our goal is to provide the safest and most comfortable environment. Oh, that's rich. Comfortable environment to all attendees and staff. <laughs> please provide, uh, please be aware that the guidelines are local requirements. They can change, especially if, oh, COVID-19 cases increase or new variants surface. Oh, wow. So um, when it comes to like state and federal local laws and stuff like that, uh, yeah, there's really no more. They're all kind of done with that crap. It's just cons like this that are implementing this nonsense vaccination requirement oh boy they want to make this comfortable for a comfortable environment how avira if the state or the city requires events like fur cons to do this sadly we have to go along with it they don't know that's the problem right but if they're being implemented because the administration have made this decision then there's a problem. And so we have a live comment by Inu. And that's... No, I was supposed to attend Apocalypse this year. It's not the Furpox stuff. It's dumb frigging Connecticut who's forcing them to do all this stuff. Is it the state or the cities? The state? Well, they still have their, their indoor mask laws well, in Connecticut? I'll see if I can quickly pop that up. Connecticut COVID regulations. Oh, it's oh, oh you said it's both. Oh wow! It is, it's like it's the state of Connecticut that's doing this, not so much the, co- the staff. So why on earth would you want to go to a convention that requires that nonsense? Even if it's state laws, like that's lame. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Or maybe like if you were again, whatever. Then oh wait. Okay. He also to to clarify he said it's more the venue than anything i think that's probably true because i don't think like like you can still not wear a mask like when you go to like the movie theater in connecticut or something right like it doesn't have to be something crazy like that or even to go and you know do 
things like shopping and what have you. Oh, or let's say like you're hosting a, like a, a bar mitzvah or something. Do you have to show proof of vaccination to go to a, a venue that you're hosting for your, your kid's bar mitzvah? Probably not, right? So I think this is just a convention thing. Um, actually, you know what? If I remember correctly, um, I think this happened here in my state one time where um, some were like arguing and fighting back against the uh, the whole policy thing. And uh, um, someone came out and said, like, you know, well, guess what? This is our thing. This is our venue. This is our you know thing. We're in charge. And if you don't like it, then too bad. You can not go. You can not you know, come here and do this and do that because you don't care about the safety of others and you know who cares what what the state says or what the government says and i'm like really <laughs> like really <laughs> okay <laughs> well I, I guess that would make sense if there wasn't really a threat like if let's say you're in the middle of like a legit bubonic plague type of pandemic situation it's like oh well we don't care well uh okay that's a problem but nowadays it's like 2022 you know, it's not really a big problem. Yeah, some people get the coof every now and then, but do you really have to, like, force everyone to show their vax papers? That sounds like downright Nazi shit, honestly. Show, show me thy vax papers before you come to our convention. Where are they? You are not boosted, Sarajevan. Doesn't that sound fucked up? Like, I don't know, man. I wouldn't want to go to a con that demands that. That's kind of messed up. Right, yeah. Like, I'm too. Like, the heck? That's not the whole story, too. Look at the um, Apocalypse's mask requirements. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Yeah. Apocalypse's mask requirements are based on the COVID community level and recommendations by the CDC for large gatherings. Face coverings that cover both the nose and mouth must be worn while in convention space. This includes all event rooms, main events, dealers den, tabletop and video game rooms, panels, registration, movie room, charity, art show, and artist alley. Wow. Are not required in the Ahamon or Holiday in lobbies. However, we encourage attendees and staff to wear masks while in all areas, regardless of vaccination status. Fursuiters and costumers. You will need to wear a mask under your costume slash fursuit head while in convention <laughs> space. Oh my gosh. Are, Yo! are you serious? Wow. If any part of your mouth or nose are exposed through the costume or fursuit head, wow. They tried to d- pull this same crap at Denver. When when uh, Fox and I went like last year, they tried to say wear a face mask under your your fursuit head. First of all, how in the crap are they going to enforce that? And isn't that like not safe? I think Anthrocon tried to pull the same crap too. What are you doing with these mask requirements? Like, really, who's gonna abide by that nonsense? I mean, unless you're genuinely afraid of getting the coof, then like, why do you even go? I, I, I mean, seriously, you, you're you're literally going to have people just passing out like like everywhere, like you know, wearing the mask and a costume over your freaking head. Like, seriously, yeah. right? That's so bonkers. What what the heck are you thinking? Oh no! Well, we can't chalk that up to heatstroke, even in the you know, in the way later end of autumn. I, I just find it so odd that. When I have to go to a furry event, like I just want to dress up as an orange doggo and get drunk and have fun at parties, I have to I show mean, them my vaccination have... papers. Like that is so and, evil. You know, we already have a mask on. That's called the fursuit head. Right. Yep. <laughs> I can't wait until uh, fursuit makers decide to, you know, have 
masks actually implanted into the face itself? No, what I've actually seen some fursuit makers do is they make these oversized, like, masks, like, as props. You know, you know, like those oversized glasses you put on, like, fursuit heads? They do the same thing with masks, too. Oh, no, isn't that Do you think that counts? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. It's like, oh, I have a mask on my mask. It's fine. But it's like a prop, you know? Oh, it's a, it's a little oddly shaped, but it fits perfectly around my muzzle, and, you know, you're going to be perfectly safe around me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so crazy. Like, it's hard to breathe enough in fursuit, and now they want you to, like, restrict your breathing even more. Like, how is that safer? Please tell me, for Apocalypse, how in the bonkers is that safe? Mm-hmm. It yep. ain't. Yep. Uh, man, th 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 this is so stupid, seriously. And if they didn't have these restrictions, honestly, I would be going back to um, for Apocalypse. I used to go to for Apocalypse, I think, like, the last four years in a row, aside from last year when it was canceled. But, um, yeah, that was, like, one of my favorite conventions. I, I loved it. But now they're getting all crazy with this kind of stuff, and it just, I don't know, it, it seems less fun. I, I mean, uh, it, it does make me kind of question, like, you know, like, I, I mean, what what's next? Like, are, are they going to go around to room to room or, you know, room party to room party to make sure that everyone is still wearing their mask and uh, um, still being oh. safe. <laughs> I think they would have done that last year because now they're saying if you're in your hotel room, they strongly suggest you wear it, but they can't reinforce it. But in their own venue, that's where the problem is because they can have their own rules and say, yes, you have to wear it here. Like, that's why, it's like you said, you know, the, yeah, the lounges and stuff, the dealer's rooms. Right. Mm. So another con that's a bit taken an interesting approach to this is Aquatifer. And instead, they um, to our attendees, they say, while planning for our COVID-19 procedures for Aquatifer, the board of AEIOU would like to know the community's preferences for COVID-19 mitigation. And so they gave them two choices, you know, ma enforce masks, enforce vaccines, or both. And Again, they put it Wait, to a poll. why isn't there a neither? See, I wouldn't enforce mask. I would say, if you feel unsafe, then wear a mask if you want. If you want to get the vaccine, hey, do it. That's up to you and your doctor. I wouldn't say it's mandated to be at this con. Like, there should be an option where people can vote to say, how about we just don't care about that? Yeah, unfortunately, you just don't go. I guess that's the only option, right? Like, I wouldn't. Yeah, just... uh just stick to uh, cons like uh, free for all. <laughs> really, right? Like at the end of the day, it's, yeah, it's literally like the most normal con compared to like these draconian yeah. nonsense going on. Look it's it's crazy. This, this, look at this. This is what the what was said on the poll. Required, require must require vaccination check. Two dots submit. Okay. It doesn't say Neva. There's no option for Neva. Wow. <laughs> Okay. Again, and some people have also been asking, you know, please redo this poll with an option for for it, or again, not at all. What is this next person saying? They're saying, why is there even a poll or vote on this? What do you mean running into hurdles or implementing vaccines? The safest would be to have everyone wear a mask and be vaccinated and have a negative test. Okay. So, yo, 
are you really that concerned about getting the coup? I mean, just then just don't go. If you're so afraid of leaving your house, then just don't. <laughs> like, what the heck? I know. Like, there's still, like, the whole spirit of absurdists, you know, absurdism and fear is still gripped over, like, many, many conventions. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I know we did talk about this quite some time ago about wondering if every single mainstream convention is going to do something like this. And it does seem like they're implementing policies like that. But as the years go by, it's going to be weird to kind of like still justify forcing people to get a vaccine. I don't know if that's still going to be a thing, but right now it seems like it is. Right now, it's like COVID is over. It's party. Well, yeah, like, exactly, like, it's over now, but they're still demanding that you do it. It's it's weird. <clears throat> I mean, honestly, it, it, it feels like to me that it's been over for, like, I don't know, like, a year now. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. But, I mean, some people still get COVID every now and then, but it's literally nothing more than, like, a bad cold or, like, a flu, basically. I I mean, to be honest, it's, I mean... It's not the bubonic plague. Right, right. I, I mean, to, to be honest, I mean, um, I, I got it, and uh, yeah, that's kind of what it felt like to me—like a, um, a pretty intense uh, cold or flu. And um, you know, I, I got over it. Um, yeah, got yeah. It, I got it twice. You know, I got it like the the first uh, month it happened. I think it was like back in April of twenty twenty. Had it for like ten days. It sucked, but I lived. Then I got it like a year later. Same thing. I was sick for a few days. Was coughing, but I'm good. Mm-hmm. It's that's not like I guess, you know I guess Ebola gonna, spread yeah. like by the air. It's not something, something crazy where like you, you can't come to our event and if you don't have the vaccine that we just put out like four months ago and tested it only on rats. But yeah, yeah well, totally safe know. and effective. It's, uh, it's still a uh, you know an optics failure because practically every large con has been in fact you know enforcing this stuff has um had become a super spreader. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, it's funny. Um. How many people got COVID at free for all? Maybe like two. I, I know two Griffin did, but he probably got that at the airport. I don't think anybody else did. Nope. Yeah, not... me, no, me neither. I, I think yeah, we had like a mind. couple hundred people there from 40 different states, and nobody got sick, and we didn't have any of those bullshit like mask rules or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't understand why these mainstream conventions are jumping on the bandwagon of just trying to control people like this. It's kind of weird. Oh well. Again, if like like we all say, just to conclude this segment, you know, let them have their party and have cake. Doesn't matter. We have our own party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Build our own. Heck yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So <clears throat> next item, we're gonna to get to the whole series of weird, obscure, whatever you wanna call it items. So let's start. Let's start with this one here first. To move on to move the show. All right. Again, so what we're looking at is a game called uh, Multiverses Fight, like, and you fight like you know you play as characters like from Scooby Doo series, Batman, you know all that good stuff, cartoons that you know the like. And you know what's one weird? Velma no longer calls the police on other fighters in Multiverses after special move is met with scrutiny on social media. Oh, so what does she do then? Does she just call the Scooby gang? Mm, Does she call up a mystery box? 
maybe. But just just to give it a bit of context, what does is it like characteristic for Velma to call the police? Isn't she the one that usually does that? Uh, yeah, she is. She she's the one who typically unmasks people, actually. And she's like, "Look here, officer. It's been Mister Jenkins the whole time. Oh no!" And like she explains it. Yeah. So what what happened? Is she all of a sudden a cab, or did did I miss something? Uh, all right, let's have a quick look. Velma's cop calling attack has been changed to summoning the mystery machine after a smattering of discussion and jokes. <laughs> and you know, and aside from that, like you know, the game's wacky. The game's a bit like you know over the top, and that's kind of like that's what we love about it. You know, it's a cartoon game. It's supposed to be zany. It's supposed to represent that side of cartoon characters. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. I get that. And so, you know, and so like you said, you know, Velma basically calls the cops, finds out who they really are, you know, and she'll call in a police car. You know, like you said, with Mr. It's with Mr. Jenkins. And so where this joke comes in from is, um, you know, the, pro- the prompt is, call the police. <laughs> okay. You know, and, and this is where the jokes come in, you know? Okay. Whoa, 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 what is this? Hold on a second. It says, others called it a white woman move? <laughs> what the heck are they talking about? Or joked about the move would be more effective against black character? I'm, I'm sorry, she's calling the cops on ghosts. What the hell are you talking about here? (laughs) What the fuck? What is this? Those accused of a crime. Oh, get real. Okay, so if you catch someone beating someone to death, uh, what are you supposed to do? A, beat that person to death, because that can end up becoming an interesting domino effect, to be completely honest with you. Or B, just let them go about their day once they're finished. I would say... I wouldn't do either of that. I wouldn't just let it go, but I wouldn't also attack them because they could probably murder me. I would probably pull that white woman move and call the police on them, honestly. Like, what else are you supposed to do? Yeah, like in I know it's it's contextually odd because in real in the real world these um you know, what you're describing is a bit of a is a situation of in and of itself. But in this game, on the other hand, um you know, it's odd. It's just so weird. Like, maybe there might have been, like, a um a depiction of, like, what's it called? Dingo's character in the game, like, from the new Space Jam movie. What was it called? Was it, like, LeBron James? In yeah, he was a celebrity guy, yeah. Yeah. So, again, I don't know why people got over a tizzy on it. I think it's oh, just actually, funny because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, yes, there is a LeBron James character in the game. So, is that why? But that doesn't... No, that's not supposed... Yeah, my brain is fried. Yay, Joel crashed. <laughs> yeah, our, our, our brains often become fried when we try to cons- like make sense of whatever nonsense that these people are trying to say. Like it just does not make any sense at all. Oh, this is so crazy. Like, like, look at this nonsense. 
I like it, I know. Look, it's so zany that you know, like the, just the very idea of like calling the police and like say Batman or something like this. Like, I mean, sure, like all in good fiction and fun, right? Yeah, but this <laughs> is so silly. But now it's so weird because. And like another another one of those yellow rag journalistic rags, if you could even call it that, Polygon basically makes another saying, you know, whatever, got offended by this saying, you know, is this a funny idea and concept? You know, is it funny to what in practice to watch a cop car roll up and start wreaking havoc in the year 2020 in a game with black characters, including real world people like LeBron James? It's not about race. What the hell are they talking about? Oh wait, wait, hold on. Is it because the whole, um, the whole, you know, the whole thing against uh, police and defunding the the, the the police movement? Like, is that why they're doing all this? Probably. Yeah, that's why they're trying to, ju- you know, justify all of this. Like, that's why they got offended about the whole, you know, all that stuff. But like we know, the Scooby Doo gang has always worked with the police. Hell, at the end of every episode, they're with the sheriff or like with the, the a police marshal. Oh, here's the bad guy! Like he's all tied up, and then they take his mask off, and oh, the zombie was actually this dude, and oh no, and he was trying to make a real estate deal or whatever the crap. But they're right. always working with police, right. like you know, because they're the good guys. Like that's what they do. Right. Yeah. Exactly. What's the problem here? Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> right? And again, like, where's the problem, too? Like, they say, you know, it's clear now to many Americans, although this has long been obvious to marginalize and oppressed folks in this country, ugh, that ugh. the police are not the good guys they are depicted as in shows like Scooby-Doo. But they are, though, because literally the Scooby gang, that's what I just got through finished saying, the Scooby gang works with the police to, to nail the bad guy. That's what they do. What the, f- oh, my God, I hate this. Uh, this article has literally I think I might have lost 100 brain cells I, I know oh, like it's it's just a kind of a you know whatever thing like you know like sure it's it's just like so in character for Velma to do such a thing but now who's <laughs> gonna be driving this mystery machine to do this right is that even a thing that's in the Scooby Doo series this mystery machine that I that's mean, the friend, name of their van, but it's not like. Yeah, I know my knowledge on the Scooby Doo series is very hazy. Yeah, the, the mystery machine is like the name of their van that these these kids you know go around. They go to spooky houses. They develop some or unravel some some criminal plots, and then they turn them into the authorities. And then hooray, Scooby gets a Scooby snack. Like that's pretty much how it goes. Oh, get mm-hmm. this! Get this! Get this! I mean, they only did this after a petition for that only reached a pittance of 34 signatures. Wait, what is this? Yeah, read it. Like, a petition asking for the police to be replaced. Okay, uh, while a petition asking for the police to be replaced with the mystery machine only reached 34 signatures. Okay, that'd be kind of cool, actually. A fraction compared to those asking for Walter White to be in the game or to make (laughs) make Velma thick again. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Warner Brothers Interactive. Okay. Okay, yeah. Make Velma thick again. Gee, okay. All right, then. (laughs) Yeah, 
So I think I'm more laughing at the whole prospect of adding Walter White into the game. Yeah, make Walter White like what the like? Are you gonna play as him? What the fuck? Or is he like a crime boss? And I guess the police like don't exist. It's just like the Scooby Gang running around trying to find the dudes dressed up as ghosts. I guess that's what's going on. Well, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> My God. <laughs> make Velma think. <laughs> what does that up. even mean? Make Velma think again. Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, okay. Okay. Well, you know, for something as zany as this, I think it would be right to make sense, but you probably already know. You know, Walter White is such a meme nowadays, it's... <laughs> I am the one who knocks. Ooh, <laughs> spooky. I know. And then they gave me start on the whole endless Jesse. Jesse. <laughs> yeah, science, bitch. Where's my money, bitch? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of good memes from that show, for sure. But oh, to yeah, have him as a character in that game, that'd be pretty interesting. Do they have, like, the rights to that? Maybe. Does anyone want to see an episode or a movie of Scooby-Doo where it's a police officer or one of the police officers uh, committing a crime and they catch him? Oh, so or... like, a, like a crooked cop type of situation? Yeah. Um, I don't know if they've already done that. Given it's 2022, they probably already have. But um, I don't think so. I don't know if they've done that before. I know they've they've arrested like you know top bankers and politicians and stuff that wanted like it's always about like weird real estate deals like in like the early '60s Scooby Doo movies or whatever. But now you probably know like we've covered kind of covered a couple years ago that Scooby Doo got a you know I guess like a reboot like an origin story in the form of the movie called Scoob. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That was like an origin story. Yeah, so now, but now I guess since the franchise is always like, you know, evolving and still continuing to tell stories, you know, time will tell. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hashtag make Velma thick again. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we gotta see, but that'll do it. <laughs> that's it. Hashtag Walter White for multiverses. <laughs> All right, so next one. Do you want to go with the Bazaar or the, um, you know, or our favorite streaming service? I want my eyes to bleed a little less, please. Let's go with our favorite stream. Uh, well, All right, good. favorite streaming service then. All right, so Netflix is always up to something. You'll probably know this. They've always got new, you know, new shows up on the lineup and and whatever have you, you know. So, so yes, um, to to start things on a more hopeful note, who he has played Bioshock? Hand, show of hands. I have uh, played it once. Yes, I, I I I played a little bit of the first one, but I got stuck or got bored of it. Never played it. Right. I, I played a bit of the first game. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, they added Bioshock 2 and then Bioshock Infinite, which is a whole different. Yeah, no, I was only, I was only there back in the days when it was like the underground city. Uh, the, yeah. Sorry, the underwater city. 
Yeah, yeah. Right. Bioshock Two yeah. also continued the whole underwater city thing. Right, right. And they're continuing with the whole under, you know, the city of Rapture and the whole Bioshock theme. And yeah, and in this, yeah, they've been kind of wanting to do a Bioshock adaptation for years, but yeah. See, this oh, is okay. this is one of those few things where I think this would actually be a really cool idea because I love the whole idea of like the 1950s like submerged city with Bioshock, like this underwater u- utopia. That would make a pretty interesting set for a movie. I'm not yeah. sure like what storyline they might go forward with. Maybe like ha- like the fall of the city, like how it became yeah. corrupt or whatever. Like that'd be a really cool idea. Maybe like as a movie or something. I don't know. Right, I, I like the game though. Like it was like the little sisters and the big daddies and like the weird, spooky stuff they had going. on. I thought it was a really cool game. The only thing I'd ask is they leave out all the work shit that seems to be. I don't, you know, like for a game that was that first came out in two thousand and eight, then you know twenty eleven, like that's still. Yeah. yeah, no, I I thought it was a really interesting set. Like, and if they can adapt that, like for, are they planning on making a show or a movie? Uh, oh, Amazon. It's a show, I right? I would say it's a show, definitely. Like, they will make okay. a live adaptation of, you know, like a live adaptation, the Bioshock movie, actually. That's what I'm seeing at the moment. Uh, see, like, as a fan of this game, um, I'm kind of optimistic for it. Like, I would like to see something that represents it and actually looks cool, hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not like a big fan of the game. I don't really know too much of the lore, but like, I know enough where I think this would be something I might be interested in. Yeah, like, you know, tell tell the, the old Bioshock story from, like, the collapse of the city to the finding of these, you know, these slugs that made all... Yeah! Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Like, but again, you know, it's going to be interesting. Like, is it going to be okay? Is it going to be good? Who knows? We'll get to that oh. in a second. No, let's let's so see first, what the article says. Um, that, but first, we'll announce, like, the the brains behind it. And now Netflix announced that Francis Lawrence, you know, from of I Am Legend and The Hunger Games Catching Fire will be directing the Bioshock live-action film. Interesting. Yes. Michael Green, the script writer for Logan on American Gods, will be writing the script. Ooh. Okay, I'm not familiar with that, but I Am Legend was a pretty good movie. And a a very good book, too. Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. For the most part, um, American Gods was actually a really good series. To a point, though. Oh, okay. So this this might have some some high hopes then. Right, but again, but people are right to be skeptical. Remember, Netflix has had a very poor track record over this year alone. That's that's true. That's very true. Remember, you know, Cowboy Bebop, total yep. colossal failure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cowboy oh, yeah. Bebop. That was <laughs> shameful. Um, Resident Evil, the new one, they got cancelled after one season. Ouch. Ouch. Mm. Let that be a lesson to you. Do not put Zootopia porn on the script. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. What the fuck? That was like in the background and they thought nobody would notice. Like, what the crap? Oh my god. <laughs> and again, like with, with everything else and a whole lot of other TV series, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, know, uh, like, you know, you're right. I, I mean, I, I gotta say, like, it, it, this is really interesting, actually. And um, even back in my days, um, 
I always remember like, you know, talking about, you know, my favorite video games and talking about like, man, this would be such a great movie if they, if they made one, which they have, they have done it for a couple of um, games out there that I know today. And um, there were times where like um, even some friends that I know, they, they mentioned like, you know, hey, you know, be really cool. Bioshock into a movie. And I'm like, huh? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. And you know what, though, and it's it's kind of sort of a thing. Like some people have actually said, you know, for this to be a Netflix series, let's hope this is wrong. You know, in fact, in order to write a Netflix series, you need people who have never read, played, or seen the basic work. You impose a thick political agenda on them, and you flush the toilet. Here, you have your Netflix adaptation. Oh God, no! I hope not. No, because it seems like the people that are making this actually do know what they're doing, or at least they have some good skills um, in regards right. to re- representing certain lore. They've got... The, the important thing is, you, you probably would need the blessing of Bioshock's creator, like Ken Levine. Right. Like, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And have like played that. all those games, of course, first and foremost. And, uh, and I, I, I don't know if you guys are looking over to, to your chat, but uh, yeah, there, there's, there's a couple of things I, I can laugh at and agree with. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hopefully it doesn't yeah 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 actually you do, you do. let me guess they're turning to turn the main character into a transgender gender non-binary lesbian of color in a wheelchair <laughs> a big a, uh. a get this a big daddy Let's not do a, a uh, bloody Sailor Mercury for America. Okay, here's the thing, though. You know what's, what's actually kind of spooky about that comment? He's not even half kidding. Because there was just like a recent Marvel comic that did show someone like that. I think it was either Marvel or DC. It was literally exactly that. <laughs> I think it was like a Captain Marvel. It literally came out like two weeks ago. It was, it was bonkers. It was like some all of that in the wheelchair with the rainbow flag blanket. It was weird. Yeah, I, I don't think Bioshock is going in that direction, hopefully. I think they're going to stick to, you know, at least mostly the lore. Like, like the, the big daddies, the little sisters. Exactly, yeah, and the whole, like, post-apocalyptic, like... It's a very interesting world, you know, that, that they've really built. I think it's very cool, like, if they were able to to portray that in yeah a respectful manner. Yeah, I'd totally watch that. Right. And I think it would be interesting if they would put together a set of an, you know, an under imagine an underwater city like built to scale to a certain degree. Yeah, well, just like the whole atmosphere is kind of spooky. Like, can you imagine like what the city used to be like, and then like how it fell? Like, if the series went in that direction, yeah, that's a cool story. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What what flex and big big non bear big non bear. Yeah, yeah, the, the big non binary. Oh god. Like, what All would right, be a, a binary okay. version of Big Daddy. I shudder to think. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just 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 please no, okay. We I, I'm pretty sure we don't we don't want any of that, okay? Like please just leave that aside, please. <laughs> Yeah, and like you said, you know, Boxcar, um, both the underwater city and the flying city would be amazing to see with CGI. Um, I I think the the floating city it would probably remind me too much of like the floating city in like Star Wars. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but but um, I I think I don't know. Yeah, if they could do it right, like that'd be cool too. I like floating mm-hmm. cities, especially like platforming games and stuff. Like that's really fun. Hmm. Yeah, and like and but, it's a bit of a we uh, you know a sharp contrast. Like like you've got series from like One Piece who are building these pirate, like legitimately building these ships these pirate ships, putting them in South Africa and doing all the filming there. Hmm. Now here, you know, we'd be a really good place to film, you know, to film a city and then just turn it, like, give it all these briny vibes. Where do you well, think what, we film? what I think is really interesting about, like, Bioshock, well, at least, like, the game that I played when it was in the in Rapture, it was, like, the 1950s, but as they view like a futuristic world, kind of like the Jetsons, I guess, like 1950s version of the future, but also in a, a post-apocalyptic world. Like it had, it had like these layers to it, which is really cool. And I haven't really seen anything quite like that for a while. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that'd make a cool set for a, a movie, like a show or something, if they do it right. <clears throat> we'll see. Yeah, actually, you know what? I don't know why, but I seem to be getting the impression that we could, ah, yeah, like old school design, like filming in like an Art Deco city. Oh, yeah. Also, Inu, um, he mentioned Fallout. Yeah, Fallout, si- uh, similar concept, I guess. Yeah, like the 1950s future, but also post-apocalyptic. Yeah, I- I've never played Fallout, so I don't really know. Oh, but, um, dude. Oh, I-, I know. Dude. I've seen a lot of memes about it. I know, like, what it's all about. I just never played it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would be similar to um, uh, to Bioshock. I well, guess. Well, join the club, Avira. I mean, I know you could. Yes, Jay, you have every right to call me a disgrace too. No, yeah, I've, I've, one day we'll get around to playing it. One day. Well, I, I mean, uh, um, I, I mean, to, to be honest with you guys, I mean, um, I I played uh, Fallout Three. I didn't get too far with that. I did play New Vegas. That was really fun. But now, to me, it's all about um, Fallout Four. Like to me, Fallout Four is great. I, I love it. When it came to uh, um, the uh, disgrace or the uh, the failure one, um, Fallout seventy six. I never bought that game, and after like rev- the the release of it, seeing some reviews and gameplay of it, I was like, man, this is freaking disaster. And um, we were lied to and expects to face, you know. And uh, um, that's my take on it. <laughs> you know, oh goodness! If anything, if anything, I do have one saving grace. I got to play the Fallout board game. The, oh, the um, I'm probably not that familiar, familiar with that one actually, but okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually adapted the Fallout series into board game form. You know, with you know, with figurines that you move around, quest lines, the attributes, and that sort of stuff. Pretty cool and, stuff. And yes, uh, um, Dogmi is the best companion. He he is the best boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dog. Oh yeah, Dogmi. What? Oh, that's cute. He's he's a character in um. Fallout, yeah. right? Yes. Ah. In, uh, um, I've Fallout. seen some of the memes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's the best. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, look at that. I suppose I know it's been it's been such a ride, but you know what? I do want to say like some good things do have to come to an end, like this episode. But some good things don't have to come to an end, such as this podcast. Yeah. Let's go. Hey. So in that sense, though, I'd like to add a few more. You know, who'd like to begin by adding a closing statement in light of just just all up? 
Uh, Jay? Um, let's see. Um, the, oh wait, let's see. The first thing we did was passing the Queen Elizabeth II. Um, again, um, I didn't really uh, follow up on everything and uh, not too familiar with everything what, what she did, but, uh, um, you know, God rest her soul. Um, hopefully she's at peace. Um, the other thing with the icon and the uh, um, stupid vaccine and max crap. Um, yeah, um, I, I still think it's uh, stupid and, uh, um, you know, definitely stick to cons like free for all and our, our cons that don't require it. And, uh, you know, hey, don't, don't, don't be afraid to, you know, go out there and have fun. Or, you know, if you don't feel safe about it, then, you know, hey, it's okay. Yeah. Don't go. And you can always go some other time or next time, you know. Yeah. Um, better yet. No, like, go, go, like, downscale, like, small-scale fur meets where you can just bypass all the restrictions. Or that. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and again, like, I mean, um, it, it still feels like that, you know, hey, it's over. And um, I'm pretty sure our people feel like, you know, we don't want to go through this crap anymore. And, you know, we don't want to be under, under control. And, uh, um, you know, uh, let's see what else. Um, oh, yeah, the games with uh, Valma. I mean, man, that's... <laughs> <sighs> that's weird as well and uh, funny at the same time. Um, the uh, Bioshock movie or TV show, yeah, that looks pretty awesome as well. Um, I guess uh, that's uh, pretty much it. And uh, again, um, awesome show. And uh, here's to 200th episode. Heck yeah, guys. And um, again, thanks to the Raider teams for um, having me here, as always. Mm-hmm. Nice, thanks. All right. Noble? Honestly, it's a real shame we didn't get to the Telestubbies today. I know, like <laughs> it. It was so weird. Like I thought about it. You know, I actually thought I wanted. I wanted to look at them. Like, mm, is this like? Is this going to be something that anybody asked for? Yes, I know Netflix is gonna is reviving it, but you know, yeah. I've had oh, my yeah. piece. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm I'm doing my best to try and get things, you know, get away. But hey, all right. And Avira. Wow. Um, two hundred episodes. This is this is pretty crazy, guys. I'm really like just honored and humbled to to have done this, you know, for this long. You know, to be here for you guys. You know, every week. You know, Jolt and I making this happen. It is so cool, and we have so many awesome fans. Like, I love you guys. This is freaking cool um <laughs> wow um i'm looking forward to another hundred more or more than that who knows absolutely and yeah. uh, just uh, uh two more things I, I just wanted to say um i know there's one of our raiders members uh whose birthday is coming up tomorrow happy birthday ali you're awesome just gonna happy give a little birthday, birthday shout out there hell yeah birthday wishes but thanks All right. you know always thanks for and i'm always enjoying your company here on the show oh yeah she's great and um i also just want to say to all of um our listeners who live in the commonwealth um, rest in peace queen elizabeth and uh god save the king i hope you guys have an awesome night and i'll see you again next week for our 201st episode a hey! <laughs> whoop and you, I, I haven't fully closed it yet, but you're gonna get ahead of yourselves. 
But you know what, though? Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for being on this ride with us. 200 episodes. I never thought I'd get it this far. But, you know, here we are. And I'm always happy to get another 100 more as long as we're here. Let's go. And as always, our episodes are available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Player.fm, iHeartRadio, BitChute, and more further down the line. Well, this is us signing off for a week. Farewell, and until next time. Goodbye, everybody. God bless you all. Hello! Bye. Ah, later. <laughs>